Wait, let me read one more paragraph real quick we on the recording. belt system breakup. Check, check, check. Oh, no. Dooby-doo. I have to check my levels anyway. Check, I check, check. Quiet. You look bigger. Didn't we figure out this was a platform problem and not a Yes, not a it displays problem? differently for both of us. We both look bigger than the other on the other person's computer or vice versa or something. And we have already knocked out. They don't know what I know. Okay, good to go. <laughs> Hey, it's Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Welcome back for another Hang in the Laboratory. Uh, I'm not going to thank anybody because we're not doing that anymore. But thank you to the people that have given us money in the past. (laughs) We're going to stop taking it. Did we turn it off? Uh, I mean, it's technically still there, but (laughs) I'm tired of trying to get people to give us money for that. We're almost... almost we're almost transitioning to a completely different medium here. Agreed. If the project persists. Agreed. I would prefer we go back and, and wipe <laughs> all of that from every episode, but too bad. That'll never happen. It's all good. See ya. It it lends credence to my opinion regarding crowdfunded endeavors as a digital media consultant. We should you wanna uh, tell me I didn't test it? I got a hundred episodes for you. We we can we made forty dollars a month. <laughs> we can convert our uh, family <laughs> donation page to uh, direct people to charities that we care about. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Uh-oh. welcome back, sir. How you doing? <clears throat> uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty sore all over from uh, digging holes and planning things. At Do home. you spend time during weekdays? working on that project i have spent uh every waking hour on the weekend and many hours in after work in the evenings for months uh basically just moving dirt from one place to another and then like back again (laughs) because i've been working on setting up my garage as a wood shop again and i i i just work in the middle of the day i don't i I can listen to calls like their podcasts Mm. and do woodwork on mute and then occasionally i have to unmute myself and stop sawing a board and then say something it's an interesting life my my dream is to be able to go to the garden during lunch and prune some plants and pick some snacks (laughs) to add to my meal have we ever talked about grandma as your nickname on this podcast before. <laughs> I don't sure think we have, have, but it still shows to be sure. It's still very relevant. That's a <laughs> that's an interesting observation. I had a friend yesterday suggest the Instagram handle Farmer Grams, so I think they're seeing the, the similarities as well. <laughs> uh so 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 what are we talking about this week? Uh today we're going to break up the tech companies. Break up. There you go. That's <laughs> probably why you're listening to us if you clicked on this link. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, so we were catching up before we started recording. Um, and I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast before, but we're both expecting our first child within a month of each other, which is interesting. We didn't plan it. Uh, you can tell because I spent two years dealing with IVF and a bunch of other bullshit to get here. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> water all over myself uh and 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 discussing uh children um got us naturally to points of anxiety at least for me and then a quick realization of the extent to which that anxiety for whatever it is is fed by social media um and 
how many of the big, when we talk about big tech companies, like how many of them are social media companies? Break up big tech. I'm realizing during quarantine that most of my anxiety stems in general from other people, which <laughs> I think I already knew. <laughs> in fact, right. I'll go so far as to say I'm, I'm certain I already knew. Um, I mean, we're tribal beings. I think that's true <laughs> for most people, probably. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, look, the conversation, the broader conversation that's ongoing, at least in our circles, uh, you know, in political circles is break up big tech. And like, what does that even mean? Um, and the second we start to talk about it, we descend into like these engineering places. So we literally had a, okay, let's stop. And this is just, we're doing the podcast right now. So let's back out and start recording. Um, it's a bold one. And I yeah, think so our like, plans are mean? important and they need what to be out there. What do we mean there. when we say breaking up the big tech companies? I mean, so like uh, from that social media toxicity point and see if we can glance off the top of that without getting too much in the weeds of why. I mean, that's what got us to this conversation like, was an offhand comment that we then chased about right, right. Uh, so, creative ways to split out functional pieces of Facebook which then can lead us into a bigger conversation about the the economics of how that might work and how yeah, that could so play, like, which is critical. So, you know, I mean, the way you said it was that they're, that they're toxic in their current uh, uh, configuration or their current iteration, right? Like, it's, it's not... I think it's easy to look at Facebook and say, well, connecting people and monetizing that attention is evil. So we need to turn that off. Right. And that's not true. Well, it's yeah, just Facebook's implementation of it. That is a very specific business model with very sort of specific algorithmic considerations. And yeah. This is weird things. Yeah. And it's, it's important to note here. I think that I work professionally in uh, sales and marketing and advertising space. So uh, from a tech perspective, as people know, so I see how, advertising spend drives media and media technology, um, but all media as well, right? TV, newspapers, uh, magazines, phone calls, postal, everything, right? But um, it's very apparent how powerful tech media has become. And I spend a surprising amount of my day thinking how sad I am that those platforms that have taken control of our time and energy, uh, our information that we like, like our drive to share information with each other, and they've taken control of like media advertising spend, they don't do anything interesting anymore. They used to, they were absolutely astonishing and wonderful. And the promise of them was was brilliant and i defended it all the time and i still defend the promise but we need to figure out how do we separate out what the promise was from what has happened and like with a lot of things they're just established and we're used to them now and for things to remain interesting and novel and functional you need them to change in a society and this stuff needs it needs incentive to change so there's some interesting like economic like classic antitrust stuff going on here. But there's also, there's something different, right? Facebook is different than like, uh, like a car company having antitrust or the railroads having antitrust. It's, it's deeply, deeply personal 
and emotional and it is it's a conduit for us sharing like our deepest dreams and our biggest fears and there's something else going on and i want to enable those promises to be free again the ability for those things to be shared in in more fantastic ways and appreciated and experienced so there's there's an extra level level of depth here that wasn't here a hundred years ago uh when when america first started looking at oh no capitalism (laughs) right it's not just that anymore yeah but at the same time i'm gonna cave painting it here like uh and for context i don't know if i've i've talked about my lawyering here before but i don't know that i've talked about what i specialized in in law school was entertainment law which means necessarily you cover all kinds of things like intellectual property Mm -hmm. and, and whatever and mass media is one of them and a really interesting way to understand all this shit is to 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 follow through literally centuries of us trying to figure out figure figure out how to regulate media right so people got printing presses and they started to mass produce documents and the government said you can't do that and we had a revolutionary war over that after which we decided okay let's have a first amendment that protects your right to put shit in a printing press and put it out in front of people like we don't think of it that way because when we say media we mean mostly in popular discourse right now we mean cnn and trump's distaste for it Mm. but like media is just a term for the shit the stuff goes on right the shit the the thing that carries the ideas right. the cable right? literally paper. with the media <laughs> paper is media yeah were there ads so, then you think do you yes, think people were like 100%. advertising their spears next I to your drawing i don't think a... we have copies of the ads <laughs> they were typed out <laughs> and saved in a library um wait on cave walls <laughs> huh oh, <laughs> Never i don't mind. know not on cave walls i'm wondering if there's advertising back then <laughs> i was talking about newspapers in the first amendment for like chad's spears in you the cave still, next door. You didn't you didn't you didn't evolve past the cave in that metaphor <laughs> as I as I ranted. Jeff's um, rock axe. Anyway, so so the point is like uh you know in one sense this is all brand new in all the ways that you just talked about. At the same time, it's not really. And historically we tr- we we have lived through a very interesting time because as media has become more fluid and its power to connect people directly has become more fluid we have stuck to this old model ad ad supported which like worked really well when we had broadcast television you know and 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 the only other alternative was newspapers and that required such a uh, uh expensive delivery mechanism that you know it it, it shaped up by market forces uh, you know, a really unfair newspaper didn't last so long because there were competitors and you would go, these guys just lie all the time. And then people stop taking you seriously. And if you really want to double down on it, you just start printing about Bigfoot and then they buy your rag anyway. <laughs> like, But I mean, this has played out before, right? Like uh, in certain ways, advertising media on some thread of, uh, on some, you know, like uh, on, on, some version of the timeline ends up being the national Enquirer, always right. Print media full of ridiculous stories about alien babies, but people still buy it. Cause like, I don't know. That's interesting to believe in. Um, I always wanted my mom to buy those when I was a kid. <laughs> she was like, don't buy that trash. <laughs> and but so, they, they were so compelling when you looked at the pictures, there was always like a, right. a vampire on the cover. But when we were talking about this stuff, you, you said a thing that like was specifically 
kind of broadens the conversation in what I think is the relevant way, mm-hmm. which is like, what are, this gets us to what are the tech companies, right? Because I think the popular thing is like the FANG companies, right? Uh, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Mm-hmm. Although I wouldn't even include Netflix in there because they make media. It, it's not ad supported. It's a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Apple's a weird one because it's hardware supported. Well, there's, like, an, there's an interesting angle here that I noticed while we were, uh, while I was kind of researching a little bit for this one, which to be clear was uh, like 15 minutes (laughs) before we started this episode, but. um, And a hundred episodes of practice, sir. uh, There are uh, most, most of the time when you think of uh, purchasing products, the person buying the product is also the person using the product so there's there aligned incentives like for instance when you say apple uh, i'm buying the iphone and i'm using the iphone so i'm paying for the iphone so they're incentivized to make an iphone that i want to buy uh media companies are different the person buying the product is different than the person uh using the part of the product at least that we think of as consumers so the person buying the product is an advertiser who's spending money to put something in front of me. And so I don't want to be a hate when people are just all negative about concepts. It doesn't necessarily mean the thing's bad, but incentives are misaligned, right? Facebook in this example uh, is because advertiser paying the bills, they're more incentivized to help them and build something that helps those people as opposed to help me, the user of the product who is equally important to the function, right? Without me as a user on Facebook, they can't sell ads. So I may not make them money, but I enable them to make money. And so we can we'll chase this a lot of places. And I'm not a I'm not a big fan of some of the business models that people think are 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 doable here, just because I see the economics behind the scene and I don't think they make sense. But um, it's important to note there that there's a big incentive thing. There's there's a three party triangle that goes on that's complicated and different than product companies right and they and they coexist in a way that like this gets back to the history of regulation like the thing that breaks everything when you go digital is the lack of scarcity and so we've been through this before like we have regulated telecom companies that used certain models that turned out to be destructive and we told them they can't do that um and, you know, like, it's it's interesting when you look at how broadcast media used to be before cable um, when it was all airwaves because there's limited spectrum mm-hmm. of airwaves. And so really early on, everyone went, uh, if it's a limited resource, we should nationalize it immediately and call it the public's airwaves because how are we going to have a fight over who owns the air space that mm-hmm. that that radio waves pass through, right? Um And that let us have things where like, you know, news is born out of the fact that government, the government used to say you can't have a license to broadcast on your spectrum unless you allocate a certain amount of time for unbiased news presentation. And so ABC, NBC, CBS, all the big broadcast giants had to have news and that news was monitored. (laughs) Like, And if it was unfair, they got in trouble. If it was ad supported they got in trouble stuff like that and then all the other shows that the trade-off for providing the news service but even in competition because there's four channels like they're still vying for you viewership right 
they got the right to use that airspace the rest of the time and sell ads against it. Uh, and that worked pretty well for getting us through things like World War II because uh, of the public aspect. And when we cracked it open digital with cable, they went, well, it's not a limited resource. You can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so it's privatized. And yep. so like now CNN needs to pull your eyeballs all day to maximize the money that they can make, which is very different from mm -hmm. I'm a network division at a studio whose job is to just report what's going on in the world. And if I screw that up, like people get angry. Yeah. And the, the issue I think is one of being in a transition period, right? I think for me, I've, I've never watched network news since I was like a kid right at home with my parents, but I still have that association of like Walter Cronkite yeah telling me how it is <laughs> is that him <laughs> that makes that quote yeah i uh, mean like right and so i kind of when i see cnn it's presented the same way and so i'm like oh that's the same thing kind of in my head somewhere at a deep level and then i think well that's just the way news is supposed to be presented it should be coming from the new york times it should be coming from a journalist or, or fox news or whatever you watch it's presented in a particular way it's shared around the world and then it's passed through these new mediums now and it's it's like we're mixing we're mixing things together in weird ways and our brains are still uh, expecting this traditional uh structure and format and so we're just in a weird transition period right now where we have all these new opportunities uh but we need to figure out how do we power this now how does it get distributed uh who controls the gates uh how do we fund it who pays for it uh right. and we're in a mishmash of former business models and former distribution models. And I think we've proven that they're not working because it's all fucked up, right? Newspapers can't afford to do things properly. Um, the distribution models are, are damaging the value of the content. Uh, people are getting obsessed and polarized. Like it's, it's crashing. Uh, and I Conspiracy think cults are getting representatives elected to Congress. Exactly. Like and uh, I think it's crashing uh, because we're not managing the systems right. And I use managing loosely, right? I don't want to say regulating. I don't want to say uh, leaving it to free markets. It, it's, it's all of those things, right? We need to manage all of this stuff better as a society. And now's a really great opportunity. There's so many ways we can do it. The Yeah, and it's like, this is why it's this engineering conversation for me is because it's about mental mod. Like, it, you have to... When we started the United States, you know, if you go read the Federalist Papers and, and, and talking about the Constitution and stuff, like the people that were talking at that time for all of their problematic trappings that anyone would want to shout at me right now, like they were trying to figure out how do you do a government where the notion of the public good is a central tenant of how you think about all of the laws. They were the first people to do that. Mm -hmm. Yo, let's not have a king. It's a good way and to try it. to figure out this idea of civic duties, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, and and like, so ultimately, what, what we end up looking at is like, okay, there's this thing, Facebook. It grew. There's there. Let's forget about Facebook, right? There are media companies, and you can track through history how they grew, both from an infrastructure standpoint and a social standpoint. And it's fair at a time to go. Okay, we got to introduce this idea, this like different core concept here, or else it all goes to shit. Mm -hmm. 
like there's not a new thing that needs to happen. It just it's never fun. And so everyone that likes the way that it is or has monetized the way that it is goes, yeah, but (laughs) and it's really dicey when those people control the media feeds Um, because they're the ones telling you all the shit. And so you end up with the fake news fight. Right. Uh, But the real thing that that triangle sets up is all these different iterations can exist. Right. So what we're talking about is ad supported, generally free for the user. And media theorists have been saying for a hundred years that if you are not paying for the product, you are the product. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that rule holds. Um, but also that's a way to make things free because like nonprofits, uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't, charity doesn't work as a way to have things be free. If you need to get certain things, um, the government providing it sometimes works, but also we found this other way. Shit can be free if you're allowed to tack ads onto it, uh, and it works. But that snowball seems fucking out of control right now. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't and mean throw the model away. Um, well, let's not. Let's it just not, means uh... rethink core tenets of how we we think about like what are the, what are their what are their tools of the trade and what are the core like you know what are they tossing around to. Well, let's not. What are they monetizing? Let's not say that we can't consider throwing the model away, because <laughs> right, uh, right. It's a, it's a good place to start the brainstorm, if nothing else. Especially having spent the last ten years trying to think of better ways, looking at better ways for businesses and people to interact and buy and sell things. Uh, I don't so, necessarily see that triangular relationship working very well it tends to be the problem that prevents these new business models from being successful and seems to be the problem that is creating all of these other issues for us so again i want to take it back not as far as cave paintings but og ish and look at like so so antitrust is the thing right they broke up the movie studios for a reason you know oh, yeah, as a i government, forget about we decided them. like they broke up the movie studios for a reason so we have times that this got bad enough that they were like okay we got to fix this and we're doing it by right. reconsidering what aspect, else have we done? core aspects of railroads we broke up railroads Banks. we nationalized we break, railroads we nas- i think nationalized railroads we yeah, yeah so like right. amtrak can only make so much money because they literally are owned by the government right. to some degree um I think I could be completely wrong on that. So if someone is <laughs> shouting, track is national. Someone is shouting at the radio. Radio? <laughs> Good God! Okay. Yeah, man, we uh, hit it big. We're so, on satellite but, radio. But the big one that comes up in this context, because it's a telecom, is the breaking up the long distance telephone company. Super relevant. Right? Yeah, that one's and super relevant. And that's the first electrical one. Right. Right. This is this is because even uh, movies was an analog process at the time that they broke them right. up. You had to cart film places, right. so it's still closer to a newspaper than what we're dealing with here. But they broke up they broke up Ma Bell, you know, which is the thing to chase down. So like, I mean, that's the thing that 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 for sure you have familiarity with from an engineering standpoint, because it, it resulted in a diversity of engineering yeah. that gave us the next wave of innovation. Yeah. Like the people that got split off of Big Bell Telecom when it was busted up went and started microchip companies. Yeah, you don't have the big <laughs> the big companies don't have incentive to invent i mean this is such a classic comment but the the more i uh well the more sorry I to cut progr- you off but to back it up what are we talking about technically first like 
like, like oh yeah, yeah long distance phone lines yeah. we had so to build phone lines right the Start phone with telegrams and, tele- and telecoms are super relevant uh because they are still right now the underlying architecture that enables all these other platforms right you can't get to google uh without the wires that send the, wires. the signal back and forth. Yeah, um, right. So, so this is what we're talking about is the wires, right? And the relevant. wires started like following railroads um, by companies that were like, yo, you're building a railroad. We're going to follow along behind you and string some wires so we can send beep, 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 beeps back and forth. And then telecom operators will translate that on the other side. We had to invent Morse code. <laughs> it was still <laughs> like, beeps. It was still beeps when we were kids. Our computers yeah. were just beeping. Yeah, computers were just beeping. Um, but you hit a point where you realize you can run enough wires that there is no scarcity, right? So unlike broadcasting radio, where eventually if you have too many radio signals, this air, the literal air gets clogged up because <laughs> like, of the radio. Like, uh, well, you, so you've taken away scarcity in the communication back and forth. And so TV or not TV, but telephones is just radio from one person directly to another. It's P to P radio. And as soon as they had the infra telephone calls oh. <laughs> or P2P radio, I can broadcast the sound. You hear it on the other side, right? Right. Peer-to-peer radio. Uh, and that was so lucrative that they built a network that is so robust that it can support the existing thing that we are doing right now, sending video back and forth, recording voice, blah, blah, blah. Podcast. What the fuck's a yeah. podcast? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and, and for my fellow software engineers out there, we also improved uh compression algorithms and ways to communicate digitally that allowed that allowed that freedom of bandwidth routing protocols yeah so there's because yeah, right. that doesn't get uh, talked about very often there's the wires that were laid but had we still were we still existing on a 1970s technology uh you'd be laying you'd still be laying an awful lot of wire to make today happen which when, is important in context of stuff when did that they we'll break up later. the yeah, when did they break up the telecoms? Great question. I'm glad you answered. Although I closed the tab, like 1980, it was the it was the late 70s and 80s, and it, it like happened in 1982. I want to say. Okay. Yeah, that feels right because I remember there suddenly <clears throat> being TV commercials yeah. for like 10 different long distance providers. Sign up for a- MCI. Yeah. Sign up for AT and T. Yeah, Sign up for a weird local version of MCI. It broke up all the local communication and then yeah. split out uh, national communication, long distance, and then it split out, and this is an important one, this is super relevant right now, it split out hardware as well, right? The actual phone that you were using, you were licensed, was being manufactured and licensed to you by the same company that ran the wires. So right. like the and they said that's not allowed because that's a trust, right? And so uh, you had to split off a separate company where it's like, okay, this is the telephone yes. handset company. They were. This is the wires company. Yep, they were horizontally and vertically integrated and had a monopoly across the whole thing, right? And vertical so. integration is also why they broke up the the movie studios. Like one of the things in the movie studio breakup was the people who make the movies not allowed to own the theaters. So, uh, you know, there are asked, there are places where there, the, there's a limited resource, and um, sometimes that's infrastructure, sometimes it's not, right? And we have historically broken up infrastructure and resource companies like to to the benefit of the public, which is the idea of the government, right? Um, and so there's two ways to do, to, to do that that we have tried in the past, which is you can take the railroads and go, this is such an important thing that the government's literally going to own it. This is how this is going to work. You can run as a private company. You can do what you want to optimize and make money, but like 
it's running railroads and airlines just they don't they don't make money anymore it's not a good place to invest if you want to see growth basically <laughs> um in part because of the government regulation it doesn't mean there's a shit ton of money flowing through these systems mm-hmm. but they're related to the government in a way that gets makes it harder, right? And and uh, to point out something that often comes up as an argument against this stuff, like Amtrak, for instance, I think is notoriously uh, mm-hmm. like a parasite on our government economics, right? It costs a lot of money to run it. It doesn't make enough money <clears throat> to run as a private company, which you can totally argue is a result of it being privatized. And, and I can see how that is a negative um, but you've also got to look at why we did it, and is it? It's also a result of cars. Uh, yeah, a lot of other weird, a lot of things, a lot of things. But also, like the postal service is another good example. That's the thing that was so important. We went, okay, we have to nationalize this on some level, yep. and then, and the only reason to be completely clear that it's struggling right now is because a party wants to crush it, and they have put laws in place that are so the absurd. only reason. No other government agency <laughs> has to have like 20 years of pension on hand at any given time. I see you also watch John Oliver. Anyway. It's and their trucks yeah. catch on fire. Holy smoly. I mean, they have old ass trucks. Anyway. <laughs> so the idea with break up the tech companies, though, is more related to the telecom piece, right? Like one of the options the government could consider is to make Facebook national. We just own you. Here's how that works. That gets weird, though, because there starts to be First Amendment things. Real First Amendment things. When people on Facebook complain about First Amendment, they're wrong because Facebook's a private company. They can do whatever they want. If the government owns Facebook, then I can actually sue Facebook for violating my First Amendment rights if they take down a post. So maybe nationalizing that is not the best way to do it. Yeah, that's the... Um, that's In that way. That's just the simple application of how we've traditionally looked at these things applied to what we've discussed already as being something new right it touches on something different it's the first time that we as the communication users are offloading our important information are offloading our family photo albums are offloading conversations intimate conversations with friends and putting them somewhere else and giving them to someone where they're like permanent and where they're storing them and we want to go back and access them and see them and use them and manipulate them like the phone was doing some of that stuff but it wasn't like a permanence it wasn't like we were storing it there you still made scrapbooks at home but all of that is transition and like i mean you can take this to a weird extreme right we're we're transitioning our 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 real life selves into our digital selves and that is pretty obviously what's happening and we need to look at this differently right we there's that extra layer to these services right it's a uh it's a real human thing that's happening it's not just a service exactly yeah so like the telephone companies were just sending signal back and forth real time they weren't saving anything on a server somewhere we are literally paying these companies either in money or attention placed on ads to store like our most intimate uh, most personal uh data right you know and, and but to back it up to the difference so or not the difference but the other historical context the one that applies to telecom we had a big telecom giant and we busted it up and that resulted in 20 times more wealth creation and like and like value creation 
than the existing monopoly. And the existing monopoly put a lot of money into things like Bell Labs. Uh, they're part of the reason that we're able to get to the moon, <laughs> like stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but once they got busted up, we got Intel out of it. We got uh, all these different telecom you know, like, like providers, like you said, that some of which still exist as the providers of the pipes today. And they're sort of reconsolidating. And we're like, uh, okay, the pipes are a problem, but we yeah. know how to deal with that. And we have this other weird thing now where intermediates are monetizing the contents of the pipes. And that's like monetizing water. <laughs> if you're the, if you're the sewer provider, right? So like I, that gets, it gets, you know, anyway, so we have a precedent for the fact that when you can take a company like this and if nothing else, split the hardware off and make them all competitors in that way, like we could 20x our, our, our value creation out of this by reintroducing the competition that currently exists or currently doesn't exist because you can say all of the companies in an acronym. You in like, inspired an interesting, some interesting <laughs> imagery in my head while you were just talking about all of that, where the imagery I associate with like uh, failed socialistic states, right? Like grade, monotone, everyone dresses the same, everyone goes to like the same factory and and like stuff's the same is kind of how, is kind of where we find ourselves in a way as uh, monopolies emerge, right? Everything is now the same everyone dresses the same all walmart everyone knows what a walmart employee looks like they wear the same outfit they go to a store that looks the same uh they get paid the same amount and everywhere you go in the country um things are rash it's it's a funny situation where we uh because I, I was thinking from what you were saying that the trade-off because you're talking about innovation and progress progressivism uh as being the thing we want to invigorate whereas uh, if there's just a big monopoly, there's like stability in things. There's a consistentness. Um, and we're not here to debate. I was just reading an article the other day about how every video game like logo has just gotten shitty and boring. They're all like impact sans serif fonts with like a little bit of dust. So they look like they were put on by a sponge <laughs> in the graphic design. And that's like, that's it. There's no soul to the logos like there is for Pac-Man or, or Super Mario or, you know, like the Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, the, 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 when you take out the scarcity, you get uh, like you, 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 the entropy. You lose the wins soul. And you, and you yeah. settle, you know, to a mean, right? Like, yeah. um, Unless you unless you shake it up, I mean, like that's the thing. There are places where the monopoly is served, like the government. Government has a monopoly on being the government. That's okay. We allow it. It's part of the public <laughs> good. Um, but then there are other places where it's like, okay, okay, this this the fact that Facebook is the only place that so many people get news is kind of problematic because they're not. There's no competition in that system. Market economics have failed as much as the market economics people want to be like, but look how great Facebook is. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah, but we are on a cycle here. You do, you guys do real good for 80 years. And then we need 20 years of figuring, figuring out the mess you made. And then, and then we have a boom of prosperity for another 40 years. So like uh, we're in that 20 years right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you started to uh, touch on what was, 
one of our original comments that kind of sparked this topic for the week, which is that the the uh, telecommunication companies were monetizing the pipelines and a service on the pipelines. And now the new generation, like Facebook or Twitter, is monetizing the information that's going over the pipelines. Um, and I suppose you could say they're monetizing... I mean, more directly, they're monetizing us, right? Our attention, but um, it's it's in capturing and uh, sequestering our communication, the information on the pipelines that they're able to monetize our attention. So you have something new going on, right? And that then touches on that triangle of uh, misaligned incentives where I just want to communicate with my friends. I want to, I want to do fantastic things that haven't been invented yet with well, means of communication. Um, and to be it's clear, To be clear, monetizing the contents of the pump, the, of the pipe, would be charging me for the water. They're monetizing the ability, like they're monetizing the fact that you can watch the water and learn things from it. And then use that data to be like, you might like this Bruce Springsteen ticket. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you were right. I will let you continue to monitor my pipe. Uh, right? Like, it's it, it, that's the new right, piece. That, and that's why ultimately. it's, that's why this is confusing, right? The tele, it, I'm sure there was a period where there were ads being played to you over telephones. There, there must have been. I've never thought about that before, but it seems crazy that that wasn't tried. But, uh, generally speaking, when I pay for my telephone, I'm paying to be able to make calls and communicate. And so I'm your customer. And you can argue a lot of other things about telecoms and ISPs because there are issues, but um, it was a direct relationship. I'm paying, I'm the customer. So your incentives are kind of aligned. But now it's just, it's completely misaligned. And again, I want to state that that's not necessarily bad, but... Um, it, yeah, so it doesn't well, fit with the general model of how we like to think our economy works, which means it's out of touch with general arguments that people want to make about uh, markets. Right. Well, and, and I think this is why the pipe analogy, it's, it's funny to talk about pipes, right? Because there are literally clips of Congress people saying, and the pipes, and everybody makes fun of it. <laughs> but like, it's a relevant analogy to some standpoint, because if you think about, okay, follow the telecom uh, uh, sort of thread of thought uh tampering with the mail super illegal i'm not allowed to open your mail or i get in real trouble with the the law uh wiretapping your phone without going through the right process also super illegal for me to do just individually mm -hmm. right uh i run a website i have a shit ton of trackers installed because that's best practices and i know what my users are up to and it's weird because i'm because like well, facebook they're supposed to be it's anonymized like, is the game there right you don't yeah, know right, who the person is right and they are anonymized i don't know who they are exactly but i know that they're in tampa <laughs> florida and that they spent 20 minutes on the website and these are the pages they went to and here's how long they spent on each of those pages right so we know where they're maybe confused about our message like that's also valuable because it helps us get the product to them uh but like facebook has a massive and messier version of that because they literally have pictures right. of your kids and you have given them right to look at them and, and, and so you were letting them wiretap your phone and to be clear as <laughs> these technologies have all progressed they've required that we give up some levels of privacy right you had to you had to like run the wire to your house to operate your phone and so now there was a central 
location where the company could identify you. So we gave that up. It just was a very subtle thing that was not as deeply connected with everyday life. So to make communication work better, uh, to have these communication innovations, which in a way is every innovation. I mean, we taught that's a central tenant of engineering conversations, right? Is communication is, is the whole universe exists just to communicate with itself. So all of these technologies are to enable communications and they're just, it's just an insane level of communication that's been enabled now. And it's so obvious where all of these, uh, privacy opportunities to, uh, manipulate and change how privacy works. Uh, it's so obvious where they are. So, and so the question of break up a company is okay. If, if, if we're thinking about it with that model, with this sort of like three pronged thing you're talking about, which, you know, to be clear is not new. This is coming from economists and politicians and Elizabeth Warren and Andrew Yang. And like, there are a lot of, uh, you know, we're not making up this conversation at all. It's popular. <laughs> it's popular right <laughs> it's now a pop because episode. it's a real fucking problem. Um, so like, what are this, you know, well, so we're talking, so the answer is break up. The answer we have experience with because we've witnessed the telecoms and we saw what came out of it, which is the internet we're using to talk right now. Like, how do we break this up? Like, just, what do you what do you peel off? I want to take a moment to, to reframe something too. Yeah. Um, also, because I like all about here. <laughs> I just I like reframing in the uh, in the hippie mindset. It's an opportunity, and it's always about the opportunity, right? There are also problems, but the bigger thing, if you believe the argument, the thing that's more impactful, the thing that will matter more in the world, is the opportunity. Right, that's the whole reason we're doing it. So there's a way to do this where we hundred x this because because here's the thing with technology, from what we can see in the trends, everything proceeds exponentially. The last time we did a breakup at twenty x, there's a good chance that if we do this right, we fifty x right our more than that. What's two two? What, what's exponential growth on twenty years? Oh, who knows? Like, a lot, you know. Right. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna like blow up global prosperity if we can figure this piece out right correct yeah this isn't just a this isn't just a i want to share pictures in like a friendlier way where i don't feel like i'm being monitored because i don't particularly it, care about either of those but nor is it the man keeping your dream down it's it's for all the startup people it's wealth there. and like, prosperity is a big part of this right right look at the wealth and prosperity that has been generated by these large companies and let's expand that and let's let's re reimagine how it happens right because there's certainly a lot of you can look at San Francisco and Silicon Valley and the surrounding towns and areas and realize that's super fucked up too. We there's a lot of shit there that needs to be fixed, but there was also a lot of great stuff. So let's let's take this opportunity. We've been in this pause here while we let these giant companies kind of uh, congeal and and they've become in my mind I feel like what is available to the public from these big companies has kind of solidified and and uh and stalled right it's stagnated and at that point uh just to continue to enable progress which i buy into not everyone does uh let's let's shake it up is that what you told me earlier about the lighting shake it up <laughs> shake, shake that shake that light uh, yeah right you're trying to organize your lighting you can't um uh yeah so so uh, how to break them up like what, what's, what's the, what, you know, is it, is the way to chase this, to look at the equivalent of, okay, the telecoms, you broke the hardware off of the infrastructure. 
right? You can't own the pipes and also the phone that hooks to the other side of the pipes. Right. Well, there's the interesting piece here that we'll get to in a minute, but I think you're right. We should address it from the uh, traditional means of how these businesses kind of, kind of from like a, a traditional business and product perspective. Right. So right. are there multiple things that they're owning? Like how does the monopoly work? Um, which is interesting because you, it's not so clear if there's a monopoly happening, right? Like if you broadly classify Facebook as a communication device or communication utility, there are tons of them. It's not, there's nothing going on there that's monopolistic. And I'm not, I'm not even sure that that model fits with any of this stuff, right? If I were to look at these as, are they dominating a market and, and stifling innovation from a traditional sense? It's hard to, it's hard to point to it, right? And how is Instagram any different than fate? Well, Facebook owns Instagram, but how is Twitter any different than Instagram or TikTok or my cell phone or SMS, right? Um, there are a lot of means by which I can communicate with people. So in a broad sense, uh, I'm not really sure Monopoly works as a concept. You mean, you to, mean to define them as monopolies and break them up as such, yeah. historically speaking? So from, from that perspective... So wait, I've got the, uh, actually I copied these out into our channel, the three, uh, uh, Oh yeah. Let's talk about some, some antitrust laws. Yeah. The three antitrust, (laughs) the three antitrust acts and kind of what their purpose are. So we can go through each one. Um, I'll just read these little quotes. I forget these were from, these are from the FTC's website. So it's kind of how they summarize. So, uh, and these were all put into place in like the early 20th century so like 1920s or something i think yeah so part of this was a bunch of consolidation had happened but also a lot of speculation on the the funds because yeah. people were selling stocks uh, yeah, tokens yeah. whatever you want to call them so and getting in trouble for it uh, uh, but also like this you had the railroads you had the steel companies you had uh agriculture like like food meat packing stuff like that had all created these monopolies and so these are all addressing commingled aspects of all of those different monopolies emerging. Yeah. Um, so the uh, they're subtle, so they overlap, and it's, it's even been found uh, by courts that they kind of overlap. But um, the Sherman Act, the Federal Trade Trade Commission Act, which established the FTC uh, and the Clayton Act, and uh, the Sherman Act is defined as every contract combination or conspiracy in restraint of trade or any monopolization attempted monopolization or conspiracy or combination to monopolize. So that's kind of the one that captures monopoly, which I should have said this before I started talking about monopolies as a a perspective to look at this, but it's hard to broadly look at communication and communication companies and say Facebook's monopoly. Um, it doesn't, doesn't work. Right. So, uh, I'm pretty sure the board game Monopoly was created to educate people about this concept. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Fun. Uh, Great game. It, it, Monopoly? Yeah. I know, right? Uh, did you just close your Google Meet window? Mm, no, but it kicked me out. You left. I'm back now. Back. Um, yeah, so like, you know, the, the, legally, the thing about monopoly is it's a term that uh, as a lawyer, like I can't just throw around. It has a definition. Mm-hmm. It's outlined by this law plus uh, a hundred years of mm-hmm. of 
people trying to break that law <laughs> in creative ways and the court going, uh, no, that's not, that's a monopoly. <laughs> um, and so it's weird now because we have these monopolies, but they're made up of subsidiary companies where like the thing they were talking about with Sherman was historically, this was, at, you know, at a period in time when, when standard oil owned all the oil and like, uh, 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 you know, Rockefeller owned all the steel or whatever. And JP Morgan owned all the banks <laughs> and they didn't try to pretend it wasn't that because it wasn't illegal. Uh, and so the government went, okay, we got to make that not allowed um, because you're using it to hurt your workers and the general public and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. And then the trade commission um, is a little more nuanced like the monopoly is about, can you buy up all your competitors basically aggressively? Um, the trade commission gets you to this Broader. idea of unfair competition. Mm -hmm. Right. And then the Clayton act just lays out some more stuff that has to do with like interlock interlocking directorates. They literally say, which is just crazy, which is to say it can also be a monopoly. If you, if the same board of like, if the same board runs 10 different companies that's just that's mm -hmm. also structurally just a monopoly right it's a it's a trick monopoly right it's right. like wait but we're not the same company so it's, so good. it's filling a loophole the only prominent antitrust stuff that we have lived through uh you know millennials is microsoft in the mid 90s um and they came after Microsoft for unfair competition. Mm -hmm. So that's like the closest we have to what it looks like for the government to go after somebody for something like this. Uh, the problem right now is the FTC doesn't have any fucking money. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have the budget to do the kind of investigation you have to do to be able to go after a company and say, you broke this right. rule. Uh, but Congress can make a new rule because everyone just follows the rules. That's how the system works. So all the other government agencies have to follow the law if Congress changes it. Uh, so that's one approach, right? You just yeah. do a new Clayton Act, a new Sherman Act, whatever. Um, the, so, so the, like what happened with Microsoft is worth talking about, which, you know, they, they, after computers got big and they were using the telecom pipes to talk to one another and, and things like that, web browsers emerged and there were browser wars and everybody was fighting to try to, you know, Netscape is one that, that people probably know about that doesn't exist anymore, but was a lead player at, at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but Microsoft was making operating systems and they started aggressively pushing other programs off of their operating system so they could put theirs in place. And the government said, that's not allowed. <laughs> Under and this, this existing is, law, not allowed. This is an important moment too, right? Because, it's a soft, it be, it, this was a software war, right? Netscape kind of, I believe, sort of invented the idea of the modern web browser where you've got mm -hmm. uh, windows and tabs and you can load web pages and visually see stuff and code for that. And then Microsoft came along with the power of software being that I can build something once and distribute it infinitely with basically no marginal cost. And so they then said, I'm going to put my browser on every Windows computer, which was essentially most computers uh and just not put netscape and so in a in a way overnight using that facetiously but overnight they could steal market share and destroy a company that had invented the thing so 
uh, a lot of stuff going on there. But that that I think tells that story in a way that's important now because there's a software component to all of this that's going to come up in what I'm what is materializing for me as my fourth antitrust act that I think we should put into place. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, you know, and, and I think that's 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 the idea of like how I look at the law, which is to say, OK, we haven't like an epoch level shift in how this stuff works. Uh, it's time for a completely new public conception mm-hmm. of how this shit works. Yes. And we've done it before. So this is not, um, it's not like a thing I'm scared of at all. <laughs> I think. And so I think uh, it shouldn't, we shouldn't be scared we should embrace change. Um, and we should also ignore everything <laughs> those companies have to say about it. Cause fuck them. They control our ability to learn about the problem. Like C-SPAN. Completely. It's the only place you should Completely. get any news regarding this operation because it's think free. Your attitude just there was wonderful <laughs> because if you really believe in in the function of capitalism, fuck them. It's just a, some stupid company. Don't get attached to it. I don't care. I don't care. You kind of have to, like, by default, care about the owner. It's too big to fail. Value and it stuff, has to fail. I don't care. Another comp- The whole point is that something else will emerge that will be better and there'll be more competition. So, Right. So... <clears throat> So structurally speaking, th- I think where the conversation is, okay, yeah, how are you going to break it up, right? Um, there are all these different ways to do it, but going after them and saying unfair competition. I mean, so here's the thing that I'm, I'm constantly explaining in the context of legal engineering type conversations. Like, uh, it's a cat and mouse game. And so things emerged, like new ways of doing things emerged from the Microsoft case, right? And so now companies are very careful to not fuck up the things that Microsoft fucked up from their standpoint as 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 monopolists who believe this is fair behavior in the system, the, you know, the, the Fountainhead folks, uh, or the Atlas Shrugged folks, I guess, I should say. Uh, like objectivists? Is what that's called in philosophy? Yes. Uh, yeah. So, like, you know, people, we have this this the law from Microsoft, and we go, okay, so now unfair competition is the thing, and there's a bunch of laws that there's literally judges saying, um, yeah. So in this context, you broke this law because you. So, like, the thing that took Microsoft down in terms of losing the extent to which they lost the case, uh, were like emails from Bill Gates saying, absolutely, let's crush those dickheads, <laughs> like you know, 22 year old Bill Gates. <laughs> like, so, which is, you to, know, to be fair, that's the point of a capitalistic business is right. I mean, I that. lean in on the that's, objectivist. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, he was doing his job, obnoxious, whatever. Right. But like, that's, that's just how that works. Right. It's not, it's not a, I don't Douchey, believe it's moral it from a philosophical, philosophical standpoint, but that's me. The system works the way that it works, which is that shit works. So do it. <laughs> like, uh, but so that's what he got in trouble for. And so now like they're just tap dancing through loopholes, but we still see things. And so the, the the thing is always, well, is Facebook doing anything anti-competitive and not really, they're just making a better algorithm. Like their competitor, Twitter is also just making a different well, algorithm. I mean, in this, in this short for definition of the FTC like, act, I, it's interesting. Cause again, I think we touch on a, on a software issue here of, their the language unfair methods of competition unfair or deceptive acts or practices software is very complicated and so when you know what's going on it's not like hidden deceptive unfair uh but for the majority of people 
I think you can make an argument that there is unfair and deceptive stuff going on. Right. Uh, and I know this is this is sort of in reference to businesses, uh, business business v business as opposed to business v consumer. But again, there's in this particular case, there's something different going on, right? This is a free consumer product where we are the product, as you mentioned earlier. So it's that weird triangle is part of the problem as well again. So you need to kind of reassess here and be be like, is there a way that are the are the humans part of the antitrust thing now? And Right. Well, and I think the the tact of both of that you and I want to take is um trying to fight about whether Facebook is behaving morally or not blah, blah, blah. Is it, is it good for the world? Whatever. Like it, it doesn't matter because as engineers, we see a structural difference and that structural difference has to do with personal data and we need to make laws around personal data. Fuck everyone else's idea that they're going to try to throw at you in this space. Well, also I think, (laughs) I think an interesting part of this is more importantly, the way that we like to think our society works, we don't, generally want to correct their behavior by making up new rules about behavior and applying them to society. We made those up and we condensed them for a reason, right? The constitution is very, very short and very, very specific because we don't want a whole lot of shit governing us because that then fights the idea of freedom. So in this case, what we need to do is uncover why we're stuck with something that we all kind of feel is not working right and that we should change. And then we need to unstick it. Because so we haven't taken a behavior. Pers- right. And the reason broadly, I would say, is we haven't taken a perspective as a population regarding that change uh, uh, that's broad enough since the... When was the last fucking constitutional amendment? Like, like It's been the longest the, the in history. The founders of our country would our be country. ashamed at how long it has taken us to get back to altering yeah. the Constitution. Yep. Oh, they'd be so sad. They'd be, oh, and I don't even think you like when I say that, I don't mean it for the emotional effect of they'd be disgusted. I mean, they literally just lived through a war. They, they believe with, you know, their, their, their whole being (laughs) that this change happens and it happens swiftly and it's bloody and messages are only communicated by horse. (laughs) 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 Um, So, so yeah, like, so what does it look like to try to say, okay, so what we need to do is split the data off of the other piece. Like let them have at it with how hardware their hardware is sweet. Uh, let them have at it with interfaces. Their interfaces are sweet. Uh, let them piece in the middle that we need to say is a public good. And it's illegal to wiretap it. It's illegal to monitor it. Here's how we keep that from happening. Well, it, the, the component is let them have the things that they build. We build the content. That's mine. And I don't necessarily mean it's mine from an ownership perspective, because I don't believe that necessarily either. Once I make something public of your everybody's (laughs) right. I I physically created it in a moment. Right. I don't mean necessarily I own it. Right. So if I publish a blog post on the Internet or I make uh, I publish an image of myself or information about myself in a public area, it's not mine anymore. So I want to be very clear about where I stand on that because that has big implications for what I do professionally. But um, I think it's an important part of you have to maintain the free feed somehow. 
because not everybody has the money to, if you just roll over to like, okay, right. everything's paid, everything's subscription, then you immediately have a classist right. problem because I, want, I have more money to pay for no ads in my YouTube. That's a great someone point else too. That's a really important, can't, right? Because right? Um, until very recently and recently, I mean, hundreds of years, but recently in, in the world, we could only communicate by like making sounds and gestures to each other in person. Right. And so we now have this amazing these amazing utilities that allow humans to communicate across all time and space, which I think, generally speaking, is a really good thing. And we want to encourage that and promote that. And you're right, it's a public that capability should be enabled for everyone, right? And it, it enables two directional, bi directional communication too, right? So there's the educational computer component, everyone should be able to go to Wikipedia, Right. Maybe not everyone can go to Encyclopedia Britannica because it's a private company, but um, having information available, being able to shop around and use that. So. And so the the from a technological standpoint, the reason you're hearing about blockchain all the time, if you're one of our listeners who's like, yeah, I recognize the term, but uh, is because the conceit at the center of blockchain is to say, uh, okay, the database portion of your software, you don't control it anymore. That's that's owned by the user through some mechanic, or it's just public on the chain. Um, I don't really want to go into the details of that, but nope. I think at this point it's worth <laughs> parsing. What we mean when we say split the data off right. is like, you know, explain to me the internal structure of a website that would facilitate this, that is just split the database off. Were you asking that as a question? Yeah, like as a software <laughs> development question. Yeah. Like what, you know, well, give me the rundown and like what's the structure of a site that makes it so I could just go, you don't get to own your database. So how about that as the rule? You're seeing this sort of happen uh, in regulations that have been put into play, but it just hasn't, uh, it hasn't been happening long enough for the correct thing to be put into place. And since this has started to happen, the concept of blockchain and like these super interesting don't want to chase the rabbit hole but super interesting means by which we could do this very effectively um have have become mainstream with technologists so um there are i believe regulations now i think these are federal regulations maybe they're just industry self-regulated regulations but uh for instance if you go to uh facebook i can download all my information they have to make that available now same thing with google same thing with linkedin twitter etc you can go get all your account information you can see all the pictures you've uploaded you can see everything that that company has about you same deal with with banks everybody who has technological information about you and so in that sense all that's really being done there is we're saying the way you're using the database which for people unfamiliar with databases it's like excel uh, it's like a ledger. It's like a list of. It's like when you write down a shopping list right. that, that you're making a database, right? But structurally speaking, every app is some software that talks to a database, and the database that holds all the information. Every in piece of software, right? Is every piece of software that n people are interacting with in a regular sense, and kind of every piece of software is data in, data out, right? It's a thing that allows you to put data into a computer, and then a means by getting it out. Um, and even if you're talking hardware, like right, a car, uh, it's the same thing. There's information being brought in from the car, from sensors, from the steering wheel, from the brakes, uh, stored somewhere, manipulated, and then you pull it back out when it's important uh, and do something with it. So 
that is very true of something like Facebook. And so you go on Facebook, you use their interface, right? Their software that you're familiar with as the uh, the application that you install on your computer, the way it displays images, the way your feed shows up, the, the way your uh, profiles laid out, where things are that you click on, how images are displayed. That's the user interface. Uh, and that sits on top of the database layer and a bunch of other stuff going on too. But generally speaking, there's then where's the data stored that gets pulled and displayed into your app. And so there's already a very natural demarcation between these two things. In fact, depending on what company you work for, your entire technology teams maybe split along those lines. There are teams that work on what's called the front end and teams that work on what's called the back end, which is front end UI and back end database. And so there's a natural split there because they're very different things. Um, and what we're seeing already are regulations that say, well, I at least we at least want to give access to your information, your data. Uh, and again, I want information that's about me or that I've produced. Uh, we want to give access to it. And so the next natural step and what makes the most sense here, uh, I think, is to... I don't want to say nationalized because maybe it doesn't work in that sense and it doesn't specifically with the blockchain concept, but capture the information going across the pipes, capture that information that you and I and everyone else are creating about ourselves uh, and put that somewhere else and make that accessible, not only to me, you and me access to my own stuff, but make it accessible to other businesses. So the whole idea, if we look this at is the also not a new, this is your public record. Right. I can go look up right. the record of everyone who has ever owned my house. It's important. That shit's public. What's important here is that we recognize that what we're doing is public. That's a really important part of this conversation because because we're caught in these old fashioned ways of looking at these businesses and how they're and in, in, in antitrust concepts. We're also stuck being angry about a privacy conversation where we've already given up our privacy. We feel like we haven't because we're giving it to Facebook specifically, but we're not really giving it to and Facebook. And they make a bunch of promises about what they're going to do or not do with it, but people don't read the terms of service. Right. Well, that totally, <laughs> that too. And it's not it's not isolated there anymore. This is different than like going to a bank and putting something in a safety deposit box. I'm purposefully putting this out there for other people to see it. So just because it's within the context of Facebook, it's not private. This is not privacy. I mean, we want to have those layers. You absolutely want to be able to turn your profile totally off and have everything about you disappear. And there are other complexities there about like who posted a picture of me and it gets complicated quickly. But right. we want those layers of privacy. But what we need to recognize is that we're doing things publicly. When I post an image on a public profile on the internet, that's the same as me going out into a public square, right? You're videotaping right. me. You're watching me. Other people can take pictures of me. It's the same concepts. And maybe we want to reevaluate those, but in the moment, it's it's no different. It just feels different because you're at home when you do it. Yeah, it's structurally for aspects of the technology to work, putting up a website, that website has to be public so people can go look at it. Yeah. Right. So um, the the issue here that we're trying to solve for is that Facebook, which for the most part, if you make that separation, the information that Facebook displays to all of us that we actually go there for, that belongs to us. That belongs... When I go to look at your profile and see what you're up to, that's your information that you've shared with me. It has nothing, zero, absolutely nothing to do with Facebook. 
all Facebook did was build a user interface that was compelling enough that we wanted to use it to share to with each other. Yeah, to, to, to trick you into giving up your information yep. and to Cambridge Analytica at exactly. all. And because uh, of the weird triangle, they opt, they've optimized in a way that I don't necessarily want to say it's malicious. It is sometimes, I'm sure. But they optimized to make that triangle work where they were being paid advertising dollars. To, it's, they've optimized for the money and they've left just enough optimization for me that it persists, but it's stagnant and uninteresting now. And we all know it. And so the, the part that has been eating my brain for the last few months, particularly because everything in the world has been accelerated by the pandemic, like it's become a core aspect of our conversation with Juris and the idea of trying to fix the legal system the extent to which you have to keep in mind this public-private divide, and then you have to... Uh, uh, anything that's a public good cannot be privately funded. It doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Um, and so when they say privatize the highways, nope, not going to work. It's not going to work. Uh, and so, and so y- y- you have to figure out what that break point is and then say, and everything else is, is, is publicly owned. You're just not allowed to monetize it. This is what it looks like essentially, or not allowed to monetize it, but it's like, you can only monetize it by putting a filter on it. And here are our rights to take it away. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook is never going to present a good answer for how to do this because it, it takes away their, core value proposition it causes them to reassess their core value proposition so like uh uh, facebook is never going to fund the initiative that makes this happen because their core value initiative is not the users and again there is there is a value for them it matters to them tremendously but just ever so slightly at a minimum less so than the advertisers so the what they're afraid of is if some other platform has your information, then they could build something that's more interesting or more engaging or completely different, something we've never imagined. And so by isolating the database from the user interface, strategically, governmentally, legislatively, uh, right, we then enable uh, our information that we're all creating and sharing with each other to go anywhere. And so now all of a sudden, it doesn't need to be a drastic shift to Facebook, right? That doesn't necessarily overnight cause any problems for Facebook. Tomorrow, we would wake up and our data would be a separate protocol that anyone could access and anyone could build a business on top of. Uh, doesn't change Facebook at all tomorrow. But over the next 10 years, all these other companies will merge that can sit on top of the same protocol and build new user interfaces and new ways to interact with each other without the barrier of getting us all into a platform. Cause and part of that protocol is going to be straight up. If you open the mail, you go to jail, right? Like, I mean, there's <laughs> just parts of this. There's just parts of this that are uncomfortable in that space because part of coming up with a, a public protocol is, you know, you have to say, okay, technologically we can make this happen now. Yeah. If you break um, the privacy settings um, that I've put on my public information in your app, you, you go, go to, to jail. jail. Right. Right. When I mark it public, it's public. And I made that choice. And so now it's public and I can't bitch about it. <laughs> but if I don't mark it public, uh, you can't open it. 
right? Just establish rules that people can can rely on. That's all humans really want is is they want to be they want their pattern recognizer to be able to function. And when you have inconsistent things happening, it can't function, and that's annoying. Process the fairness <laughs> of yeah, right. I mean, and just there are also parts of it that, and it's why we we're tactful on the tech side because I don't fault Facebook for ending up here. Yeah. Uh, I think its leaders could have been less. They could have cared more Lame. Lame about some of the about and weird, <laughs> you know, <Too> weird. Um, <laughs> but like, but in a bad way, you know, it, it's it's not a, again. Th- that's why, like, we try to think of it from a structural context, right? And I think that's uh, that's the move. Um, everything past that is sort of politics. Everybody has an idea of how you do this. Um, you know, and I think what you'll yeah. see is and, and WhatsApp spun out of Facebook and Instagram spun out of Facebook to be separate competing platforms. Which that unfortunately and is just not, the, that's it, the old way of looking at this. It just it doesn't, doesn't solve, solve everything, problem. right? Because the problem is we have problems on all of these prongs. All of these companies own some hardware, they own some infrastructure, they own some, all the old rules still apply. So we need to fund the shit out of the governing bodies that need to go after all these places. They've just sort of broadly been allowed for the last 20 years to f- fuck around. Uh, because Microsoft was the last big case. Um, like every once in a while, a merger will not be allowed. Um, but anyway, that's that's part of it, right? I mean, that's the conversations around like 230 and how should we treat their publishing of content? And there's other ways that we can right. try to clean up what they're doing. And those are... But broadly, the answer is we need a fucking data law. Well, those old, <laughs> those old regulations, the first three acts are really important here, right? Because we could split the protocol, we could split the data layer from Facebook, and then Facebook could just buy every other user interface that gets built on top of that data. And then you've just got a it's monopoly again. So right. those it are still solve the same problem because of the same lack of scarcity. Right. Like they can just go boop and still have the database. So, and so they right. still have all the data to fuck with me and trick me into thinking that news is real. So those are all still like, relevant. We just need right. a new... And maybe maybe it's not antitrust. I don't. I don't... I'm certainly not well, expert just, on this. The old way of <laughs> but, doing it, like you could, it's 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 a lot easier to say, okay, we're not going to run wires there anymore, and then all the builders of wires go, okay, well, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to go to jail, uh, and then the thing falls apart, <laughs> right? Like, uh, so you end up having to play by the rules. Uh, you just there's that's the part, that's the thing where if you don't, I mean, and and again, like I'm, we're not even making this up, right? You mentioned other places in the EU; they already have aggressive di- personal data privacy laws. They're a hassle in my life because that's why you got to see a cookie everywhere now. California has similar laws, like that. Yeah, can I? Can I they don't. Can they I don't, leave the cookies thing? Like they, they don't, don't address do this what, though. This is right. too technical. They don't do for what we need them to do in this context. Yeah, nobody nobody understands this well enough. I don't think for this to become a direction we go yet. So the answer really is probably break up the big companies, but really break big data or not big. I said that for the, <laughs> the alliteration, but it's really just, you know, they can continue to be big data. Break out our break data. The data sets. Break our their... data out of the set. Yeah. And what's... Or not not the set, but you know what I mean. And it's a, the... new, it's a new concept, right? Like this is, it's not like this is something that, I mean, you're on the cutting edge of this stuff, right? Working in a blockchain space with with practical applications of like legislature. Um, yeah, I can say without a question, this is doable technologically. Right. But only we only, have to be allowed to do it. <laughs> only recently has this become, uh, I think, obviously doable 
by by a large portion of technologists can now look at this and say, yeah, this this starts to really make a lot of sense here. And we have technologies that have been uh, tried out and, and tested for things. We have uh, all these discussions going on that allow us to ideate through how this might work. So it's still very early, right? I would not necessarily sign on for the government to run an initiative to move all of our social information, our social site information into like a public blockchain. We're not quite ready, but that conversation, it's time to start looking at that publicly. And it's a very complicated conversation. That will be an incredibly challenging thing to educate the population on. Um, but to invent a board game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. New board game opportunity for us. Brought to you by Zengineering. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, that was, that was, that's, I think that's a good place to get out of here though. Right. I mean, it just, it, it comes down to understanding that that piece of the problem. And then like all the rest is just sort of shouting about how we do things and like, are they going to break up Facebook? Yeah. It's, it's not really the important piece. Right. A lot of waste I mean, energy. yes, enforcement actions need to happen, but we also need to put money into supporting the people that are kind of like, Hey, here's how you do this over here, mm-hmm. which has gotten me to the open source tack on like, Essentially, with Juris, we've—I don't think we're ever going to raise venture capital because we can't align incentives and still build a functional legal system. Right, can't happen. That's why it's part of the government. It's a—it's a strong argument, and and you make a good point there with this too. That this applies to almost everything in modern life now, right? Banking, for instance. Uh, you, I rely on the bank I use because they're the only ones with access to my information. My money is not a physical thing anymore. I'm not going and physically putting dollars in a bank ever. I never have as an adult, right? Or very, very infrequently. So my money is a digital thing now. Whether or not you want to make it a cryptocurrency, don't care. Not not relevant, different conversation. But the protocol, the way I access my money and the services built on top of it are separate from what are the digital ones and zeros that represent my money and my interactions and my transactions. And those should be separated. That's my information that I created. And again, I don't mean in like an ownership sense necessarily but an access sense uh it's like a we need like a federal data access act right where information needs to be opened up and made access to it needs to be publicly available anyway i want to wrap it up too because i need some pancakes in my life (laughs) i I like pancakes well thanks for hanging out for another one everybody hope that was helpful and uh we're we're not asking for support anymore so i don't know like it share it with your friends don't (laughs) thanks for hanging out for another one this is engineering podcast i'm adam um brian stay uh stay progressive nah open up share share freely share freely share share free give free hugs (laughs) open open source open arms thanks